Aloha, y'all. Welcome to Healing and Hustling. We're living our best life on Maui, and we're here to help you live your very best life. I'm Kimberly. I'm obsessed with helping people reach their full potential. I help you land your dream job faster while making more money than ever before. Think of me as your career resume and LinkedIn ninja. I also am a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert. Hi, I'm Donna. Love and laughter are my superpowers. I love to help people take themselves a little less seriously, find some grace and mercy for themselves while having a little bit of fun. My gifts are Reiki, breathwork, meditation, and life coaching. Together, we're here to help make you laugh, inspire you, and have real talk about life. We are excited to be back. We are sorry that we took a bit of a hiatus. We had the holidays, and then we had visitors in for three. It was a holiday hiatus. It was a holiday hiatus. We had three people visit back-to-back, so it was a little crazy, of which one trip was entirely unplanned, and it was last minute, but it was was great. We enjoyed it, so. And it was a good kind of crazy. It was, so we apologize for our tardiness in putting out a new podcast. So today, we are going to talk about relationships a little bit. Don and I recently had a really great dialogue and we thought it would be sort of good to share and just talk about how do you navigate um, differences? Like how do you hold your partner accountable? How do you provide constructive criticism to your partner in a way that they can hear the information, absorb it, um, receive the critique, but in a way that it's not you know, you finger pointing or yelling at someone or, you know, telling someone how terrible they are. Like, how do you actually have that sort of conversation? Mm-hmm. And so do you remember the conversation we had about money that came up? Um, I don't remember specifically what started it. I mean, we went to Lahaina mm-hmm. with my mom. Yes. And um, Kim likes to go into this one shop all the time and typically when she goes into the one shop she pretty much comes out with something every time um and then there is a t-shirt place that i love to go to um and so she's like yeah yeah let's go in there and she spends like two seconds and then comes out and is just kind of waiting on me to come out and the thing is it's not really i guess it kind of irked me a little bit because when i go into a place with her I stay in the place with her if she's shopping or whatever. I don't tend to walk out of the store. And that was never a discussion that we've ever had. I think I got a little irked because it's a whole money situation. And Kim sometimes goes to the extreme of fear, you know, of not having enough. And normally I just kind of, stay quiet about it and stay calm about it. But this one evening, it actually irked me because she ended up buying something and I didn't even know she bought it. And probably two days before that, I was going to buy, I guess, stuff for the dogs. And she was like, well, you need to watch what we're spending. Um, And then she turned around and went and bought this thing from a store and I don't know that was it was enough for me and so she knew that something was wrong with me immediately and so she asked the question and I just told her I was like I don't think it's fair that you know I have to watch what I'm spending 
on dogs, you know, on our dogs. And it's okay for you to go and do that. You know, that's not okay. And like we, I think the night, the night before, or maybe two nights before, like we were uh, playing with our neighbors with this big plastic ball that uh, they create every year, which is awesome. And I went cash and Kim took it. And I was like, that's not fair. I won that. And she was like, it's ours. I'm like, no, it's yours. And so it was a conversation that we had that it could have gone easily. It could have gone to another place of being ugly, but she was very receptive to everything that I said. And she heard me and she apologized. And, you know, I felt apologetic because it's not anything that I've ever voiced. Um, but it actually ended up being a really good conversation. And I think it made us actually closer um, because, you know, we can get boo-boo feelings really easily and it can escalate into ways that you don't want it to go. But it stayed on the right path and it actually worked in both of our favors. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is learning to read the room with your partner, you know, really paying attention to them and what their mood is. And it was pretty obvious. Like Donna has some like sure tell signs of, of when she's upset, which does not happen very often at all, which makes it pretty easy to indicate. Uh, but I just knew I was like, something's not right. And I know that um, Donna is an internalizer and she doesn't necessarily always want to talk about things the second she feels it and sometimes she needs a little time to process and so I knew something was not quite right and so I sort of approached it with you know hey I feel like things are a little off today I would love to know sort of what's what's going on and the first time I asked she just sort of um, dismissed it and said no I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine uh, but sort of that same sort of tone continued through part of the day and so I just readdressed I waited and then I readdressed a little later and said Still feel like something's going on. Feel like maybe, I don't know if it's something you want to tell me or something you're feeling, uh, but I'd just love to hear about it. And so by opening the door again, she sort of opened up and she shared all the things that she just shared a moment ago. And I think what's really important is that when your partner does have the courage to give you critical feedback or share how they're feeling, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, that you really take the time to pause and listen to what they have to say. And as much as you can remove any defensiveness from the scenario, because I think the last thing that you ever want in a relationship is to create an environment where the second your partner gives you feedback, you shut down and thereby sort of proving your partner that anytime they give you feedback, you're going to shut down and you're not open to feedback. Like how can you have a successful relationship if you can't, communicate effectively. Right. And so, you know, part of it was me just digesting the information that she provided to me and then me also outlining my perspective, but not from a, I'm right and you're wrong, but rather like, let me explain how we got here. And so for example, um, I do have a really, I mean, I think everyone does. I have a, a wonky relationship with money where one minute I feel like it's total scarcity and then the next minute, I'm like, we have all the money in the world. We're totally fine. And I think that this has been exacerbated recently with me going remote uh, or not remote, but starting my own business full time. 
and, you know, trying to, you know, in the past I've had my day job and then I had my side hustle, but sort of making that side hustle my full-time gig and trying to get to a place where I'm making as much, if not more than I was in corporate America, obviously a daunting task, not all weeks are created equal. And there's the sort of financial responsibility of like, how do we pull back as much as we can as we figure this out? While how do I not live in a place of scarcity where I'm scaring money away and thinking like, I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. And um, I have this weird thing I do with money. So Donna and I try to be um, credit card free all the time. Like, you know, we use credit cards. We use credit cards for the rewards and for the points and things like that. Um, But we're very much like, okay, we got to pay that stuff off. And so we only have two credit cards. One is with Costco and then the other one's with Amazon. And again, we use them for points or for Whole Foods. And, um, you know, my thing is I try not to run up either credit card more than what we obviously can pay off by the time the bill comes due in 30 days. And so sometimes when I say things, and this is what I explained to Donna, sometimes when I say like, hey, slow up on the Amazon spending, I'm not necessarily saying stop spending money. I'm saying like, hey, slow up on the Amazon spending for now, but that's a great opportunity for her to give me feedback that that wasn't clear, that she thought I meant you need to shut down spending any kind of money, you know, and and clearly if that's the message that she received, even though that wasn't what I meant, and then I go and buy a blouse at Tommy Bahama, which is what I did, she was like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, you and this Tommy Bahama shirt, you told me not to spend money, right? Um... And then on the other occasion where she said, um, you know, I won that money. And I'm like, that's our money. Like, I just don't think about it. Like, I just think, like, it's it's our money. And who cares whether you're, you're holding the $20 or I'm holding the $20. And, you know, sort of what Donna explained to me is like, hey, um, it's it's important to me that I have my own money. You know, not not that I need to hide things from you. Not that I need a secret squirrel account. But it just makes me feel good to be able to carry my own cash, to have my own slush fund. And it brought up this whole dialogue of like, well, you know, what does that look like for you? Do you want to have your own checking account? Um, do you want to have like an auto deposit where we put a certain amount of money in there a month to make you feel more comfortable? And, you know, she expressed that part of the reason she wanted to have the cash is one, she likes to have cash and like a little emergency fund, but then also she wanted to have the autonomy if she wanted to buy me something to be able to do that and, you know, me not necessarily see the receipt or where it came from. So what do you think, Donna? I mentioned earlier that I felt like um, being open to feedback, paying attention to your partner and their mood and, you know, checking in with them, like, how are you doing? Anything you want to chat about? Creating a moment to have dialogue and then trying as much as you can not to be defensive what other things do you think about or what other skills do you sort of flex in order to create an optimal environment that you can give me feedback um, and me be as open to it as possible so it doesn't turn into a fight? Well, first, I think that I will visualize seeing the conversation from the end and trying to be as heart-centered as I possibly can because I'm not setting out. I don't think anybody sets out to have a ginormous fight. Um, but it can be really easy to get into that. And I have checkpoints for myself. 
uh, for things like that because it's not <clears throat> it's not what I want to happen. It's you want to have a dialogue with someone and you want them to listen and you want to be heard. And it's this balance that has to happen. It's it's not a right or wrong. It's more of a this bothers me and I need you to hear that it bothers me. Um, so I think as far as that's concerned, that's my technique in it. And, you know, Kim's right. I am a processor. So it's, it's not something I really want to rawly spit out of my mouth when I'm still working through it. Um, and so I think that me taking the time to do that actually really helps because it's, I don't like to yell. I don't really want to ever yell. And I don't like to be yelled at. It's the reason why I process so much is because I don't want it to come out raw and I don't want it to be ugly. And it's never my intention. I think that's a really important thing to say, though, because I think that delivery is everything, right? That you're being really thoughtful about how you're sort of presenting your case and and why you feel the way that you do, that you're making it about someone's actions and that you're not attacking the person Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and that you're sort of coming to the table with, you know, here's how this makes me feel. Or if you've heard me say this once, I've said it a, a million times, like the story I'm telling myself is. So I'm not saying this is actually the way it is, but like this is sort of the story I'm making up in my mind about this scenario and how we got here and what your perspective is about this scenario, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, I really appreciate that you do take the time to think about what you're going to say in the delivery. And and as somebody who, me, as somebody who tends to be more stream of consciousness, of like here's what I'm thinking real time, I've had to learn to sort of in the moment slow down the word, like slow my words down so I can sort of reflect on what words I want to use as I'm talking so that I don't say something that comes off as, you know, attacking to you or cruel. I think the thing that is so interesting to me about like when I hear people or other couples have conversations and they discuss their relationship or they're trying to have a conversation about their relationship I think sometimes I'm a little surprised with how disrespect, disrespectful people can be to one another. Like when you're in a relationship. I mean, we've had our moments where we've been disrespectful with each other. Yeah. In the past. I mean, I think we have our moments periodically, but I, I mean, I, I guess I'm just flabbergasted when I see folks that like whether they're doing it on purpose or not, they actually are tearing the other person down or criticizing the person or, you know, um, trying to make someone else feel like, like, well, you're wrong and I'm right. And my way is the right way. Like, I just think that's such a, if that's the approach you take, I just think it's going to be really hard to navigate a relationship because it's all about perspective and compromise. And there is more than one version of the truth, right? I mean, like you've got your perspective of here's how we got here and I've got my perspective. And that doesn't mean that either one of us is, is right. It's your perception versus mine. Yeah, I almost think the right and the wrong has to, that needs to be put in a closet somewhere because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with a relationship about being right or wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about figuring it out, you know, and 
maybe rerouting to figure out what way is going to work for you Mm -hmm. and work for the other person. Because I honestly, you know, I just, the, the right and wrong thing never works out. (laughs) It just doesn't, you know? I mean, it's even, I mean, not that I quote scripture very often, but even in like first Corinthians, it talks about like love keeps no record of wrong. I, I think that, it's it's super easy um, to keep a record of wrong because your feelings are hurt. And certainly, like, another analogy that I make a lot is that your relationship is a lot like a checking account. Like, you're either making deposits to it or you're making withdrawals, and you certainly want to make more deposits yeah. than you make withdrawals. But I think it, I think all of us can make the mistake of, you know, we start to keep a record of wrongs of, you know, ways in which our partner has hurt our feelings or um, we've, you know, questioned their intent or motive about something. But then like, it's a double-edged sword because we don't do that to ourselves. Like, are you keeping the same list of all the things you did to your partner that hurt their feelings? Yeah. No, probably not. Right. Or do you? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I try to consider how I've hurt your feelings, but I try not to like, I try not to have a scorecard. I try not to be like, well, I'm 45 and you're it's 15. Not a, or... It's not about the scorecard. It's it's a checklist for me so that I don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I won't do it again, but it's a checklist there for that. So that it's it's in the back of my mind constantly. Well, when I hear you say checklist, what, what that makes me think of is I think there are certain behaviors and triggers that are not okay that that it's some are just like some are like non-negotiable like this is never good in any relationship period and there's some stuff that you and I have our own sort of either boundaries or triggers that we need to be aware of in the other person so that we don't betray that trigger or boundary right like so for example I would say in all relationships lying is unhealthy. Like, like I don't understand why people lie in relationships. I don't, I don't understand why people lie about how many partners they've been with. I don't understand why they lie about how they spent their money or how they spent their time. Like, and again, some of this has come with time, age, wisdom, and self-esteem. But now I'm at a place in my life where I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever, after our relationship, I wouldn't ever want to be with someone who I couldn't be my complete authentic self with and share everything with. Like, if you look at me and you judge me because I've had so many partners, then like, you're not the person for me. Like you don't, you don't understand. Like you're judging me. You don't understand that maybe I had a lot of partners, but it was because I was looking for self-acceptance and love in the wrong places. Cause no one taught me better. Right. Um, and then I think there's certain things in your specific relationship from your lived experiences that I think you have to be cognizant of. I think we've talked about this a little bit where like if you and I do get in a fight, which doesn't happen very often and our voices, you know, do get raised and we're elevated and we're upset. Like my rule or my boundary or trigger is like, don't leave. Mm -hmm. Like I need that because of abandonment issues. I need you to stay. You can stay in another room. You can stay on a spare bed. You can go outside, but just like don't leave the property because that like really freaks me out. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's what you're talking about is you're talking more about like you keep sort of a list or checklist of 
Hey, these are some things I want to avoid. Right. 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 I didn't mean like keep a checklist of how to piss Kim off. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. That's it's one of those things where you don't want you know especially if you care about someone you don't you don't want to you know poke the bear every single time. Um. But I think that's it. I think that people are where they are for a reason. And I think we're all, you know, in this life and this journey to try to figure it all out. But it's not always easy. And think about how many relationships you had previous that didn't work out. It's all a learning lesson. And it's not anything that's cut and dry. It's not this and this or this and this. It's it's about stretching yourself a little bit and, you know, actually listening to someone instead of doing all the talking. And I think that's what all the previous relationships were. They were to teach us, you know, about all the things that we maybe didn't do right or maybe we did, you know, and we didn't know it. You know, just like in my previous relationships, I mean, I was the yes girl. I never said no. It took me years to learn to say no, (laughs) which is crazy, but it's true. Yeah, I think what you're reminding me of now is that while there may be some relationships that you struggle with actual compatibility with someone because you look at the world very differently than they do and maybe they're not the right partner for you. Like what I think that is, is really a lot about your value system, right? So like, could you have a successful relationship with someone who has a very different religion than you do? Some people can, some people can't, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What if you want to be with someone and they really, really want kids and you do not? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're not willing to compromise, that that person may not be the right person for you. Otherwise, you're going to ask someone to marry you and not have kids that really wanted kids. Like, how's that going to work out, right? But on the other hand, I think to your point about having previous relationship experiences, I think some of this is like taking time to have some self-reflection around how you do show up in your relationships and what are the, some of the themes that have presented themselves over and over that you need to address, right? Whether that's, you know, I have insecurity and jealousy in a relationship or um, I want to be the one that has control of over all the decision-making and spending or um, I tend to act out when my partner upsets me and I yell immediately yell at them versus internalizing and processing what I want to say before I say it. So I don't say something I'll regret. Um, and so I I do think a lot of it is as much as you can being self-aware. So you're anticipating those things. And again, being open to feedback, like removing that defensiveness and really trying to hear like, what is it your partner really, really needs and wants from you? Mm -hmm. So as we wrap any last minute advice on, having healthy debate with your partner? I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. I don't think there's one one thing that comes to mind that's like, this is the fixer. You know, I think it's, it's an ebb and a flow, and I think it's constant. And I think it's something that you have to stay, I mean, at least I do, I have to stay focused on it 
like all the time, because if you're not focused on it, then something's, something's, you know, unraveling. And so I think that actually is something that helps me often is to stay on point with stuff like that and not push stuff down that I need to express, you know, because it's not, it may not be important at that moment, but eventually it will become uber important. And Kim may not have any idea, you know, that there is something that I've been stewing over for a while. You know, you just don't know. So I think it is, it's, it's constant and it's constant learning. And trust me, when I tell you, we both, you know, get knocked into walls all the time. It's not something that we've just handled with perfection. It's just, it's, it's being a human being, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's constant and I don't think it ever ends. It, there always has to be check-ins. There's always going to be things that you have to discuss. It's not, you know, it's part of being in a relationship and communication, you know, it's not when it gets quiet, that's when you need to worry. Yeah. I mean, I always say that relationships take hard work. But relationships should not be difficult, right? I mean, it's going to take you hard work. There's going to be moments that you have patches and you got to figure out how to work through those patches. Um, but it, it shouldn't be difficult every single day. Like if, if it's difficult every single day, like that should be probably a different conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But it is all about that intentionality and checking in. And, you know, even Don and I in our 10 years, we've had seasons now I will say that Don and I are very, very fortunate and very blessed that we get along exceptionally well. We do love spending time together. Um, But like there are things that we do in our relationship that we're constantly checking in on a monthly, quarterly basis to make sure that we're staying on track with the key things that are the most important inside of our relationship Mm -hmm. to make sure she's getting what she needs, that I'm getting what I need and that we're talking about our relationship, that we're not getting stagnant. And we're always like every year sort of elevating like, okay, what's next? What do we do differently? How do we show up differently? How do we make our relationship even better? Not just sort of resting on like, well, what we've got is good enough. Well, what we have is great, but how do we elevate it even more? How do we elevate each other? How do we help each other reach our full potential even more? All right. Well, we'll call that a wrap for today and we will see you next week. When we post, make sure you comment, like, share, and tell us what things you'd like to hear us talk about next. Thank you so much for listening today. Check us out at DonnaHeels.com and TateOfMindConsulting.com. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and give us a review. Until next time, keep healing and hustling.